0: Hi, I'm Simon Rushton and this is Taxi Chronicles Podcast. On this podcast, we spontaneously interview unsuspecting passengers with their permission, allowing them to share their intimate life stories and concerns. As our slogan states, real riders, real stories. Some riders prefer to be anonymous, while others ask me to tell their story later on. Either way, there are All genuine 5-10 to minutes stories, so sit back and enjoy this episode. Hi, and it's afternoon now, and I've been driving quite a while, and I've just picked up another passenger, his name's Brian, he's from Uganda, I did think he was here to play football, but no, he works on the rails, so we're going to have a bit of a chat about the rails, and just see where the conversation takes us from there. So Brian, nice to have you this afternoon. Yeah, nice meet here. Okay, that's good. So, first of all, how long have you worked on the rails? What made you um want to work on the rails? What motivates you? Okay, at first, um before I started working on the rails, I was working as a training mechanic.
1: Okay. And then it was literally my boss's brother that came in one day, he was talking about he just started the job on the rails. He's talking the benefits of, you know, you get mm-hmm. your know, free travel, longer holidays and if you do it at night time, the money's a bit more better than high during the day so it went too bad so after that i went down a little course for about three weeks in stratford passed the course had a little interview with um tfl in houston mm-hmm. accepted me and i started it so it's been about four and a half coming to five years now but i can't i can't complain the benefits of it is perfect it's good so you did a three week course. Yeah, three week, huh. a three week that course. Is, yeah. The course was basically it was like an English and math course. <laughs> it literally reminded me of school. So I went there, ask you about your English, your communication skills with customers, with colleagues. Give you a little, a couple of problem solving things. And after that, I was, I was practically right. But I'd say the real reason I I more or less got the job quicker than anyone else would have was practically because of my old boss's brother like put a good word in for me, he said look this fella's young he's punctual he's motivated and to be honest with you something else i wanted to do cars is more my thing i like cars i like fixing them different cars foreign cars but the railways, it sounded like sounded a bit more me, and it a bit more physical as well so i thought why not and to be honest with you i've enjoyed it i've not looked back
0: once and thought i made the wrong decision oh, that's good I used to do mechanics, well, I did mechanics in college as well, okay. I did realise it's the problem with mechanics, when you become a good mechanic, you're just a good mechanic, yeah. unless you own your own business, but then the cars are changing, exactly. so the mechanics of the cars aren't quite the same, Yeah. yeah. Um, you need less and less real, it's more part changing, yeah. you have to have that contract with BMW or whoever to do the diagnostics. Yeah. Apart from the maintenance, and when they do really make cars properly electric without having to put the fuel element in there, it would be like uh, anybody can do the job really. Exactly. Changing patterns. I did bodywork as as well. Yeah. 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 So what this course, just to break it down a bit, you said they, you did about, I assume you covered health and safety? Yeah, health and safety. Um, Health and safety was the first one we've done in the first two
1: days. Mm-hmm. then it was um, our first aid manual handling customer care and that was really that was practically really it they just, they just wanted to see what level you were We we working with people working as a group working alone mm-hmm. but apart from that it was, it was practically easy of course and i didn't really think i would be able to, i would have got the job mm-hmm. as quick as i did but when i did get the phone call i was happy and then i'm really
0: done that's that's good so as a as your role now. What is your actual title? Your actual title on it's the on the job. You just work for TFL. No, a- yeah, yeah, it's literally just TFL. I'm literally just with TFL.
1: So it's just it's
0: mechanical engineer at the same time. Ah, okay, that's what i was coming to. Yeah. It's like you're obviously the railways are steels, so it's probably a lot of metal. Mechanics making sure the lines can change and yeah, the lines and, are level, and, yeah, but you yeah, have yeah. got also electrical element, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, you have got an electrical element with,
1: with um, working on TFO. Usually, what they do they give you that uh, you put into different groups. So, you have the group that literally just deal with the, electric, the, the electrical stuff, the fellas that just do the engineering, and then you have a few that deal with the manual handling, which is the big trucks and everything. That they
0: just literally
1: sit there, grab the trucks, move rails from here
0: to there. So, the trucks are the metals, yeah. Okay. So
1: it's not too bad, but at the same time, with the TFL, you have to be so precise and so on point that you can be putting a road. Even the roads, literally two centimeters apart, the whole thing's got to start again. So it's like building a road. If a bit of the roads mess or if Mm. if there's a bit of brickwork or in this little pothole, you've got to do the whole thing Mm. again. So it can be tiring, but as I said, doing it at night time there's more hours at the night and, and there's less business and trains coming past
0: so. and it's a constant job as well yeah yes, yeah, because definitely. people always need to travel yeah definitely. and things like that I understand about what you're talking about is tolerances yeah because I my background's in construction so as a site manager and we work to tolerances of 5 to 10 mil yeah so um, you've got obviously ground movement from water levels in the table in the ground Services and so things can move so if you two centimetres sounds quite big to be honest yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah we work to a very small type because I suppose in your business especially people can die yes if, if the rail offsets slightly or you you know then yeah yeah no it's guaranteed it's, it's definitely guaranteed even after we've put the roll done,
1: there's at least about 15 checks and all. we can actually leave
0: outside or leave the track that working so it's the same team check or is it another team no nah, it's another team that checks it so yeah so you've got a checker team that will come along and check everything yeah check everything
1: so once we've done our check they'll come do their check do another check test the rail out make sure everything's okay. everything's on. what they usually do they'll have a, another carriage so there'll be a, a spare tube carriage that will be the train right. that will be just down just aside for us and then once we finish doing it you drive the train across make sure everything's straight and everything's
0: lined and Everything's just point. So you just go all over London every night you could be in a different uh, part yeah, of London. Practically, practically. So what usually what happens is that once we
1: leave when we all clock out we just have to look on our little database and we will say where we are the next day. If we haven't finished where we are, like last week we was on um uh, Road. Yep. And we were only meant to be there for uh, three days, ended up being two weeks and that was the same thing because <laughs> someone messed up so we had mm. to start all over again and yeah, it was much harder starting all over again. But as I said, it's, it's a job that I quite enjoy. My pension is guaranteed. So yeah, it's not too bad.
0: Okay. So
1: that's good. That's
0: good. So four years, what is your you said we what are you? Are you on the um, you're on the steel teams or electric electrical team? No, I'm on the steel team. Are you on the steel yeah. team? Oh, okay, okay. So what is there anything that... You wish you had learnt it look right well, you've been in the business four years yeah what the four years ago younger you yeah. what would you be telling him from what you know now about that job that he should know the pay <laughs> definitely definitely the first thing is
1: the pay the pay is much better second of all is the benefits to your job being a mechanic as, as, as we were saying earlier on is unless you own your own business your own mechanic or a garage there won't be no benefit from you actually just being a mechanic but with with the tier for the job i've got now as i said my pension's guaranteed i have benefits such as holidays like if i was ill it wouldn't be too much sickly yeah sickly so i'll still be getting paid so mm. yeah so i'd say it's, it's, it's quite well and, and if i'm being honest when i was working at the old garage it was the same thing every day, so boredom was creeping in at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, the, uh, five, four years ago, I would continue to hold me find a job that you believe in, you're, at least you're passionate
0: with, mm-hmm.
1: and it won't bore you. Beforehand, before I had the mechanics job, I was the sort of person who have a job for seven, eight months a year, feel a bit bored, but make sure I'm not out of job. So, mm-hmm. i get to another job and I'll keep moving the taffy to myself. I like cars so much. Work on cars, and then they got given the opportunity. Someone spoke to me, told me, look, mm. this is better than where you are now, and I started up where you are anyway. Mm. So that
0: was that influenced me yeah. as well. So what what i was meaning by that point is, is there, if somebody, or well, let me put it another way, if somebody was coming into the industry now, yeah, what would you tell them that they need to know? About the industry apart from the benefits, more about the skills, more about the skill, okay. like the job, the actual job. Yeah, I, if, if, someone was, if someone was to come into the, the,
1: the railway industry now, the, the main thing I'd say to them is make sure you know your research, make sure you know about the rail, about rails, about trains inside and out. Because although I, I was, to, I personally was told about the financial benefit. Benefit me. I wasn't really told about, you need to know about about trains, you need to know about this, you need to know about learning and other things. So, I'd say do your research first before you
0: mm-hmm.
1: put all your eggs into one basket.
0: So, talking of all about trains now, this new, what is it, HS2? Yeah, HS2, uh, yeah. What do you think about that? Do you think that's a good idea? Are you <laughs> going to be working on there? Um, Yeah, the thing is, I won't be working on there, but...
1: HS2, I think it will it will be good for the commuters because it will be easier for them going back and forth from Kent and other places, but at the same time I think it's unfair because I don't know if you've realised, but there's homes that, that, people that have been living on on, on their route on, the, on this new route and they've literally been telling them look, we're going to offer you money we're going to give you money to to practically move so if anything, they're telling these people like, you've got no choice but to move but what we'll do, we'll give you money for however much your house costs from when you bought it and from when, how much it costs now Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've actually got a colleague that works around. I so say works with me, but he lives around the area, somewhere in I think
0: it's near Swan, 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 So if Swan you've, you've had that, you bought that bus, that yeah. house in 1980 yes. for 20 grand, which yes. was average mortgage at that time or something. And
1: that's what they're telling them. I couldn't believe it. The fella is actually telling me that he got a letter through these posts telling him that this, this is what they're building. He was aware it was what's on TFL. And they offered him the same money that he practically paid for his house 10 years ago. They take them to court. Yeah. So right now, there's areas within Kent where there is petitions and things going up. That's yeah, why that's some ridiculous. of the rail hasn't been completed, as so to say.
0: But yeah, is that's ridiculous. ridiculous that's is. Is unacceptable. Yeah, I don't think the government. That that's the kind of thing China they would accuse China of doing. Exactly. They would. They'd say, Oh look at China. They're terrible. And behind closed doors, they're doing it themselves. Oh my God.
1: Like uh, exactly.
0: uh, where does the mm-hmm. rail go from and to?
1: What's that there? The HS2. It's gonna start. Officially, it's gonna start from Paddington. Because it was gonna do it from Stratford International. That makes sense. But then Stratford International said no because they want to build their, they want their Eurostar. Eventually, it's meant to start. Oh. And yeah. start That's right. Them. I live next door to there. Yeah. So I'm not complaining. Right, exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. it starts from Paddington and it finishes in Dartford. Uh-huh. so it's not too bad but it literally goes through the it does the majority of East London North London South London
0: and it's literally 70% of something. wait a minute, that does I thought they was doing it like connecting Scotland to London or something nah, day, day, day. yeah nah, what they've done they've, they've, because,
1: of, because of as I told you people um, refusing to move and whatnot they've actually they? paused it they've, they've suspended it oh so they've focused on what they can do yeah though. what they can do for now Yeah. and then once they were legal situations dealt with, then it will be going all the way up to Scotland. Mm. It's like, at
0: the moment, it's, it's, it's London based and Kent. Can... You know, China's got. See, do you know the difference between the HS2 and the bullet train? I think it's a speed. So, which is faster? Bullet so, train. I've got bullet train. Yeah, bullet train so, is this is my thing. As a as a developed country, we're not more developed than China. China's leagues above us in, in if you I haven't been there but from what I understand what they do, uh, most of the, those those Asia, Asian countries are. Yeah. But um why on earth are we putting in and I'm not saying this like having a go at you. Yeah. Why are we putting in something that's secondary to something that is really vital? You know what? So you think about it. if we have this bullet chain the bullet chains go up to 500 miles or kilometres an hour I can't remember it was either one or two you could be in Glasgow in three hours that means if Glasgow's economy is suffering everybody from London could go for a night out or weekend out and boost their economy and they'd be back on Monday Sunday night but I think what it comes down to is the the government we've
1: had a few discussions like this amongst my colleagues and it comes down to the government and them not to he's given millions away to his mates
0: to build bridges that don't Ex, exist
1: exactly exactly but it just comes down to them not wanting to give the money away complaining and then having to say if we're going to do this we're going to have to use taxpayers money and then the public's going to be thinking but well, why so it really just comes down to the
0: government and their spending they really wrecking the country if you think about it transportation in general is the life the veins of the country oh, right, so it's okay. The same way we have veins on our bodies, you know, you shut down one of your veins, you're going to get an aches and pains and problems. China's done all that. They've got more bullet trains than anywhere in the con- any other country. They've got bullet trains that reach all parts of their country. Now, I watched a BBC documentary, said so there's no, um, no way they're going to get the money back. But China said to the BBC, we're not here to get the money back because what happens if we can get people moving from one part of the country to another very quickly yeah. they will feed the economy exactly therefore we don't need to get the money back we just need to keep it maintained yeah. that's all we need to do yeah and um, that's why I think we fall short well our government falls short oh, that's it's right now. like the NHS as well I won't even go into that in depth but it is like I always say NHS is not a business it's something we've paid for and you use if you need it it's just what it is. No, it? If you remember, not too long ago, it was taught that they wanted to stop Edishev. Just... Yeah, bloody boys! I really wish that man died. He already got the corona, man. I mean, think would have been better off. I didn't believe it when I went ahead. He got the corona. I thought there was just. Oh, I don't know yeah. if he did or what. I had some. I dropped nurses and people who were working on his. Thing to St Thomas's and they said he took up a whole whole floor with armed guards and all this stuff but I don't know I don't know what's going on to me I'm just a taxi driver <laughs> mm-hmm. so when's this um, when does this project start HSC um, the project um, it has started but it's suspended it until mid October oh so basically when this things get start businesses start yeah, back up that come up. But the way things
1: are going on, I don't know if it's, it's going to take them at least, I'd say another two, maybe three
0: years until it's fully completed. So we've moved this Euro train twice now already. Yeah. We had it in Waterloo, then we had it, we got it in, what was it, King's Cross, Kings Cross yeah. and now we want to move it to Stratford International. Stratford International. Stratford International. Stratford International, I think they've only got just the one train that goes
1: through it at the moment. Yeah. It, would, it would make a lot of sense to move it to Stratford International. Uh, well, and has recently become a, a, a spot where people come and yeah Westfield.
0: Yeah, Westfield. Even the outdoor activities. I go jogging. I use the Olympic pool swimming oh, yeah. every day. Yeah. And that's open now. And then there's so many people working outside, working out. Yeah. Exactly. There's all those outdoor workout areas and they have barbecue things as well, which surprised me. so I'm originally from South London, so. Yeah, it's a nice environment, especially on a hot sunny day. Oh, it's definitely a place to be in that respect. So, what do you see future-wise for yourself? Well, oh, I think I, I think I think I was going to do this for another two
1: three years, but recently I'd say within the past eight months, I think it's mainly because of my older brother. I've been getting into property, and he's been making me watch Homes Under the Hammer mm. and, and Bargain Hunt, and, mm-hmm. and I actually went with him about. I think it was. It was last year, I think I remember last year, to an auction and I find it quite exciting like auction, learning about mm-hmm. these holes and this and that and he's been telling me a few things and I do know one or two others who recently bought a place, like a little flat, stayed there for a while and then decided to sell it and from there they moved on house mm-hmm. and so I think that's, that's going to be my plan within the next like five years.
0: So, uh, you're gonna do both and then slide over to yeah, one?
1: And then slide over to the property. So, at the moment, what I'm trying to do is to save, 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 get as much research knowledge as I can from my brother and other people that, that do with property professionally or full mm-hmm. time. And then from there, I think I would like slide over. And
0: can, can I make a suggestion? Have you considered investing in Uganda? Yeah. Because being from Uganda, yeah even though this brother looks Jamaican he <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> really looks Jamaican for those who are listening um, Uganda is one of I do a podcast for about investing in Africa okay. and uh, Africa's got the fastest growing economies on the planet and has done for at least five years plus, Rwanda and Ethiopia have been the safest places to yeah. invest in obviously Uganda's got his not Eddie I mean, mm-hmm. the other guy I've forgotten his name who says he's the only way he's leave, leaving is from, from the gun. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so abusive. Yeah, yeah. But point being, if you invest in there, the population grows a million each year, increases by a million each year, each year, which is a lot of people. They all need a house, they need services, they need these things. Your money will go a lot, lot lot further there than here. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I like that. And so I would have I would focus on investing there or than focus on investing here because what will happen as it does many times the market goes stagnant or it goes down but with Uganda it's only or well, Africa in general it's only ever going to go up unless there's a war now if you've got a leader in power who's not going anywhere and he's got everything on lockdown then you're relatively okay you build yourself a block of flats with your brother, so you, between you and your brother, one of you or another, let's say you, three three family members, there's always someone out there. Yeah. Seeing what's going on, collecting rent, blah blah blah. You put up your CCTV, connect it to your wi and your phone, so you can have an eye get deal with um, what's going on. And then you also have someone you can rely on who's going to look after the building. Who's going to look after the building? And the way you do that to get someone's loyalty you have his family he put his children in education okay. if his children are in education if he messes up he doesn't he loses his job his children come out of education he'll become very loyal exactly. and then, then the only other thing is you can do a health insurance and then you're set i would go down that route more than investing over here you can get more land you could build luxury parts of swimming pools you could aim at tourists you could aim at the locals i'd focus on the locals in the sense of standard um infrastructure or flats but then you can add in things like solar panels for communal lighting yeah Yeah. you can there's something called uh basically it's it's like an iso container shipping container but it's takes water from the atmosphere okay. and it makes it clean and wholesome okay. do you see what i mean yeah. so they can use that for uh, cleaning water as well as showering or even drinking and then you have wind turbines and then the whole play, and then you just design the place in a way that they, they don't really need to turn on the lights at night or in the day because the natural light you've got a wind changeover from the way you've got the louvers and various other things and it's all kind of self-sustainable working for itself more than you having to do things if you see what I mean yeah, yeah. that's what yeah. I would suggest for you But obviously it's your show you do it the way you want it you've got a job now, and then you saying? can and then you can retire you can retire you can spend six months in the sun six months here or two weeks here where we have our sun do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I mean and yeah. you can if you have your apartment a, let's say you have a big apartment on the top of a penthouse you rent that, you could advertise that to rent if you're not there. Or between you and your brothers, um, whoever's there, say so.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say, um, I've actually had a conversation, a few conversations, but it mainly with two of my uncles who are back home. And they'll be saying the exact same thing. But with me personally, it's because I know England, although it's a bad saying. Mm-hmm. And I've got family in Uganda Because I know, yeah, it's, it's, I think that's what it is. With yeah. I know what I know, I don't like, it it's always happens to people always to come out of it, I don't like branching out of my own
0: comfort zone. But what you're saying is so true. You wouldn't be here if people hadn't branched out. Exactly. And I mean from your parents coming here to the British going over there. Yeah. Do you understand? To even going back to the dawn of time from where everybody migrated from Africa. So you came out of your comfort zone to get the job you got now. Exactly. And you're happy. Yeah, you had to come out of your comfort zone when you left school. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not, it doesn't really, it's not really valid because you've got to do it all the time. And the day, assuming you're not married, the day you get married or you have kids, that's definitely going to come out of your comfort zone. Because now you've got to answer to now again, why. A woman is temperamental yeah. and all the other problems that they come with. Do you see what I mean? So I wouldn't even think like that. It's better there's um, a motivational speaker called Les Brown and he says the, the most um, what's it the richest the most valuable things on earth are in the graveyard because it's everybody's ideas that they never implemented do you understand and it's like the ideas come to you and say we we came to you to make you wealthy to make you happy to make you be able to help the world and you neglected us. You think about that? Yeah. That's deep. Maybe. Yeah. So, to me, it's better to try not fail. I did in my investment in Africa. I did my. I had a gym. I had a car hire. I had um, a fleet of tuk-tuks. You know tuk-tuks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you're Ugandan, so we yeah. next door. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And stuff like that. But you look more organised. Yeah. Um, And I think you've got less, probably less, uh, less um, corruption issues. But um, yeah, and I'm not. My ancestry leads back to Africa, but my parents are Jamaican. That's we're 400 years plus separated. Exactly. But I still took that chance. How did you find it? I found it. It was when it was going well. It was great. You know, I had a cleaner. I had a driver, I had staff, I had 21 staff. The highest was I built the gym myself, apart from the actual core structure, but the fit out and the windows, everything I did. So that was, what was that? That was, um, I I had 85 people employed at one time. I had people coming up to me, thanking me later on for, they were able to improve their life, based on what I was paying them, they were able to get, get into education and then they could say they worked for me and then they were able to get another job and you know all these things you, yeah. you really you know and you brought a standard I did a lot more there than I've probably ever done here yeah. do you understand and that's why I encourage people not just from the um, diaspora but just in general just to yeah. consider consider where you're going to put your money there's no room here to do anything new yeah I feel like that. Everyone's, everyone's done it or everyone's on the same. yeah I wouldn't have been able to open a gym, like the way I did, so I've still got my website up, um, if I was in England, I wouldn't have been able to do that, because you've got David Lloyd, you've got Fitness First, you've got Virgin, you've got these giants that just squash you, you know, they just squash even if they, they wouldn't even realise you're there, but in, in, in you know, in Africa, I could do that, you know? literally just got me thinking there that is, yeah, that is sure. so true one of those things and the beauty is you these are your once if I go there I'm going there as like a I always use the term for, as a joke like a ginger cousin yeah. they know I'm off that continent but they can't place me so I can't uh, I have no tribe to align myself with yeah, yeah, exactly. you what you, you're You same tribe as I mean? yeah exactly. you know what I mean So it's going to be no issue, yeah, you just go to your people, you do your thing, your uncle, blah, 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 you probably end up marrying one of them, having a second wife or whatever you do, bam, you're set. Do you see what I mean? that's very true. Yeah, I have to earn, I have to convince people. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. But just on looking on you, they say, yes, he's one of us, from your complexion to your whole thing, blah, blah, blah. Me, they look, uh, no. uh, <laughs> be, see, couldn't, yeah. yeah. Then you know, well, we kind of take him, let's sit, put him in the back, sit, let him sit in the back, kind of thing, Yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. So it's you know, it's a great, great thing and stuff. So, our trains going back to the trains situation, are, have, have we got the oldest trains?
1: like in Europe, do you know? No, I don't think we have, you know. I don't think, I wouldn't say, that's a really good idea, I wouldn't say England has the oldest train because we, we did go I think it was about two and a half years ago we went for a little it wasn't a course really but it was like a day trip it was a, it was a group activity and we went to France and yeah, we they got, looking, yeah gone. I was looking at the trains they had there and went to the south, of France and
0: their train and their network was quite old. And Italy. Same thing with Italy as well. Italy's kind of different. You know why? Because if we looked at countries in a tier, and I'll probably get a lot of flack for this when the list of this goes out, Italy's in tier two. So if you looked at the countries who are the wealthiest in Europe, you've got obviously England, forget Wales and Scotland, you've got England, you've got France and you've got Germany. And then, if you really have a real, real elite, which they're not fully in Europe, it'll be the Scandinavian countries. Yeah, There's so Norway, Sweden, Finland. And then you got tier two, uh, um, Spain, Portugal, Italy, Greece. Those ones that have you know major corruption issues beyond, mm-hmm. and they're, you know mafias running their country, all the people who don't pay taxes. And then you've got obviously the new countries from Eastern Europe. Some are doing actually quite well right now, from what I understand. Um, but the rest of them, the Albanians and Albania and all those countries—that's a tear it's in itself. Do you understand? I could show you places in Africa that are not spots of those countries um, and stuff like that. Um, so, hmm. But still, so politics today, on this, how, how do you feel that this whole COVID thing's been handled? Do you think it's been handled well? Yeah, I think England were too slow. This this country
1: was too, too slow. When it, when it, when it, they knew beforehand. But when other countries were taking safety measures and precautions, what I remember Boris Johnson and most people said, don't no worry about it, it's just not as bad as it is. But then it was, there's no need for face masks no need to do this, no need to do that. And eventually it was like, oh, no, you should wear a face once, you should social distance, you should do this, you should do that. And obviously the rates were going higher and higher and higher. So I just think how they dealt with it was
0: very slow. And it was giving misinformation. So let me ask you something. Knowing, not knowing what you know now, but only knowing what Boris knew then, how would you have handled it? I was it, yeah, it catches everybody.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was I was more or less, I'll be honest. I was more or less watching the news, listening to the media, listening to all these top scientists and whatnot, and just seeing what they were saying. up to the point where I used to wait until five o'clock every day, <laughs> from end of March to the end of May, say to end of April, just to see the latest developments and see what, see what advice they would be giving the guidelines
0: and so to say. Yeah, but how would you have handled it? Let's say you're the prime minister. You've got people in your ear telling you this, you've got people in your ear telling you that, and you've got the public. You're standing there like children. I would have done a lockdown straight away. You would have I,
1: would, done a lockdown. I would have literally done a lockdown, and there would have been a national everywhere. But a lockdown. So as you know, there's still some places now, such as Leicester, I think it's older up north, down there, lockdown. Okay. So me personally, I would have done a whole lockdown given everyone test. Everyone, I've got many people up put it. I mean, honestly, it has really affected the poor and it's not
0: the black, the black Asian. But do you think, because this is where the statistics come in, is it, are the statistics fair? As in, have, do you feel that people, right, like some people say that anybody who went into hospital at that time was um, designated to die or was told they just had corona even if they didn't, didn't yeah, because it, the symptoms were the same as other sick symptoms yeah. and because they weren't doing autopsies they don't know if that person died of corona or, or if they died of thing. So do you feel that that has an influence? Right no, I yeah. I'd say it
1: is and on top of it as because well, I, I had a conversation this with um, another guy quite some time ago and he was telling me he the not thing. to say anything, cause his mother passed away but she was ill beforehand. Yeah. But when she passed away, they, they said to him, Look, no, more than likely because she had the same mm-hmm. sort of symptoms as Corona. It was Corona. But he knew it wasn't. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think the statistics are com- I personally think it's completely wrong. I think they've hired the, number, the amount of numbers of people that have actually died from mm-hmm. corona. But as you said, it's because mm-hmm. there's been no autopsy they haven't really checked, it's been similar symptoms.
0: So I think the statistics are wrong and unfair to those from an ethnic background. Now, I would touch on that, I would say this, and I said this to um, a couple of medical people I've heard in the car before. When you're saying about it affects people from FAM, or that that word that they use to describe us, if you're referring to the older generation, then of course, because they've come here and they work three or four jobs round the clock, and they never got time to relax or thing, and their body's worn out, and they're on their last legs. Also, they never exercise because they didn't have the opportunity. Now, if you want to look at the younger generation, that would be a more fair comparison because the younger generation have, have an equal physical lifestyle. Yeah. Let's say, so whether whether let's say you're if you're a road man, whether you're black or white, you're all on the same spectrum of how you live. Yeah. Yeah, the same if you're one of them Glamagel, yeah, like follow the Kardashians or all that, your lifestyle's the same. Exactly. Yeah. That would be a fair comparison. But they don't. So and there was talk at the start that the corona doesn't affect the ethnic minority. Uh, yes. And then suddenly it got it changed. Now, is it, you know, is there something in that? Is it the government chain trying to get us on board with their thing they don't like to they don't like the idea that we could be healthier than them naturally okay. and all those kind of things but it's just food for thought yeah I, I, that's things.
1: true I do, I do believe in that because i think at first they were saying that oh uh, because as you said the thing that gave us the bam. they like uh vitamin and deficiency this that and the other i used to laugh at it at first i said
0: <laughs> that's that's far from it. <laughs> that is far from it well the vitamin D I would say it, there's truth in that we yes. do need the sun and um, we need to reside in the sun a lot more I w- I used to get sick very badly and then when I went and lived in Africa and I lived on the ships in the Indian Ocean area for uh, t- it's the total of 10 years I got very much much better or well, totally better and my you know my health was strong and fit and and everything and that's why I'm a firm believer that I I will not live here totally I will go between the two um, worst case scenario in in that respect and things like that Mm -hmm. Uh, my last question to you is what's your impact you want to have on the world
1: that's a very good
0: one you know
1: that's a very good one I like it to be a positive one, but on top of it as well, at this moment I haven't got kids and I'm not married. But when I do have kids, I like to be a very good role model for them. For them to you know that look, when Dad grew up, yeah times were hard for him, but he still had a loving family, done everything the right way. For them, and I brought them up the right way, showed them love unconditionally. I think that's my main thing, is to make sure that when I do leave this 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 world kids. I always remember that I, was, I was a positive role for them and I could as much as I could.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. Well, it's been good interviewing you. No, definitely. Part of that. Cool yeah. Of that. <laughs> and thanks for the enlightening talk about the TFL. That's right. Um, thank you very much. All right. We hoped you liked that episode. Keeping in mind, we never know who we're going to interview. We post twice a day, 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. GMT. Have you ever considered the future economies to invest in? Why not listen to our sister podcast, Africa Investor Stories? Considering Africa has the fastest growing economies and population on Earth and has done for many years, it holds 30% of the world's known natural resources. We publish twice a week, Tuesday with a guest investor and Fridays talking about investment, politics and history, providing a clear understanding for any potential investor.